to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey, homemakers. Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. I am so excited to have my dear friend Taylor Frankie with me today. She was one of the very first followers on the Homemakers Club when it launched two years ago. And from the moment we first exchanged messages, we have become close friends where we text each other, and it's just a great, beautiful testament to what fellowship and community and friendship does within the Homemakers Club. So today, we have Taylor. We're going to be chatting a little bit about joy and finding contentment and peace within our homes and creating that for everyone that we bring in as well. So, Taylor, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is an absolute honor and joy um, to have you with me today. I wish you were here in real life, but maybe someday. In fact, I know someday we will all be getting together and having our sweet tea and sweet conversation. I would love to know about your journey into homemaking and how that started. Like if it's something you've always wanted to do as a little girl or if you model that from someone that was really spectacular in your life. How did you get into this heart-shaping role we call homemaking? Oh, man. Okay. So my journey into homemaking is really kind of two-parted. So the first aspect of my journey was actually recognizing what I felt like God was calling me to be. And it wasn't just being a homemaker so much as the all-inclusive aspect of being a matriarch. And I know that can kind of sound old-fashioned, but that is inclusive of being a full-time homemaker, but also really importantly, being a Christ-centered wife and mom, finding my partner in Christ and building a life that reflected him within our home and family. And so I kind of had to recognize (laughs) that that's what I was being called to do, which showed up in so many different ways. But one of those things was really just that I am so filled with 80 bajillion different like random skills and gifts from him that I couldn't recognize as being one particular career driven thing. You know, like you sit down that cliche thing for homemakers, we all kind of sit down and take that career quiz or people go, oh, do you want to be a ballerina? (laughs) Get older or an astronaut? And it's like, well, I don't, none of the careers really seem, 
you know, appealing to me. They don't feel right, you know? And so kind of just looking at what gifts God had given me and trying to determine what that meant for my future and then really realizing, oh my gosh, no, like this is what I'm being called to do. And that's be a a matriarch, full-time homemaker, wife and mom, you know? And so I had to really focus on refining myself, you know, gosh, it's so hard when you realize that. And then you have to go in accordance to God's timing with everything, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to so many wonderful women in this community who have been married and had kids phenomenally earlier age than I did really, to be honest with you, when I thought that I would be doing all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, it's so spectacular to hear that they've been doing this since then, you know, in their early 20s. But for me, that just wasn't that wasn't my timeline. You know, I've been a homemaker in the sense that I have focused so incredibly on creating home wherever I was living in a rented room as a single woman at 25, you know, living in a condo as a teenager with my dad, you know, after stuff in our family happened. And I just had to focus on really taking the time to grow individually into what God wanted and really succumb and give in to his timeline for things. In a sense, I've always been a homemaker, but The reality of the situation is that wasn't just what he was calling me to be. Not that being a homemaker is just being a homemaker, you know, but there was so much involved in the potency of the word homemaker and and what it means, especially for me in my life, in what he wants from me. And so that's like kind of part one is just really realizing that that's what I was being called to be was a Christ-centered wife, mom, and full-time homemaker. And then spending, gosh, so many years (laughs) trying to be patient Mm -hmm. because his timeline was so phenomenally different than mine. And if I would have gone in accordance to my timeline, I wouldn't be, I would not be in the position that I am today, which is married to the most incredible best friend um, and partner that I've ever, I couldn't, I couldn't have even thought him up, you know, Mm. couldn't have even created him in my mind. And God was just like, watch what I can do, you know, and with the most amazing fuzzy bear baby who I I get to celebrate my first Mother's Day with Mm, in a home that we own and has our whole heart and with land and animals and I just I wouldn't be in this position today if I would have rushed through that because I wanted to be a homemaker so bad. It wasn't just about wanting to be a full-time homemaker. It was about fulfilling what he wanted for me. And then the second part of that whole journey is that growth aspect. I spent the last 10, 12 years, you know, really trying to work on my Mary and Martha combo because gosh, like I can host, you know, I can clean house. I can cook, you know, I can do all those Martha things really, really well. A Mary side of things took a lot of time for me to really focus on. And a lot of those are really focused on like the fruits of the spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. 
So really trying to harness that balance. Like the heart so, side rather than just like the yeah. actions that go into Correct. tending a house. Because anyone can really tend a house. I mean, even like, I mean, maybe not well, but like fat boys can tend their house. <laughs> like they can clean and cook and do those things if they need to. But it's not their, It's not homemaking. So like homemaking is not just about the physical things we do of keeping the house by any intention too Mm -hmm. the heart is really a big aspect of that and it that I think is actually the hardest part to create habit and practice in is like that tending of the heart whether it's our own or like our husbands our children our neighbors or anybody our friends anyone we bring into our home it's like that like the Mary part of it is so that's I think the hardest part and also I think it's like the most important part in homemaking as well so it's just something we're all kind of built selfishly um and if it was just simply about like cooking and cleaning I don't know that there would be like a heartbeat in the home really it would just be a perfectly tidy house so it'd be so mechanical mm-hmm. you know instead of instead of filled with his spirit, you know, and love and joy and just all the things that come from like a house built on a beautiful foundation of just good intention and cause and effect. I know I talk a lot about that, but like a lot of the things we do in homemaking is for the good and well-being of the people that gather within it. And that's just something that you learn, you develop these skills. You were talking a little bit about the skills that you've acquired through your life in talking about like living with your dad and making that a home and then the condo so you talk about property and animals but this is a new thing this I've I've been your friend through this and watched you grow into motherhood and that journey and so where you're at today is a lot different than you were in 15 months ago even um I remember the day you came home full time, actually, like it was just, (laughs) I just got the chills thinking about that because so much of our life, when we look back, we can say, wow, like these are the things like whether it's hardships or overcoming trials or, or working in the workplace, you learn new skills of like organization. You and I've talked about organization before, like there's so much that goes into making a house a home and so much of our history goes into honing those skills into running a smooth and beautiful home. I'm going to put you on the spot here because we didn't talk about this, (laughs) (laughs) but like what are some of the skills that you've developed through your professional life? Um, And you've had a few different careers, but I'd like to hear some of those skills because a lot of the women in our community are currently working outside of the home or they have the same story as you where they worked outside and and then came home to tend home after work. And now you're in the journey of you just came home full time. So you have those professional skills that you've learned in the workforce. I'd love to hear how some of those skills have blessed your homemaking. Absolutely. So as much as, again, it was not in my timing to be working full time, sometimes multiple jobs at one time until I was 30, 31, (laughs) you know, uh, it honestly goes to show just how incredible God's timing is because 
during the course of my careers, I guess, a career, what have you, I learned so many things and developed habits and routines that I implement in the home constantly. And it helps on so many different levels. So to, I mean, there's a lot of fluff in between, but to put it simply, my working life has kind of been divided in between two things. So I was a baker by trade for many, many years. And then I was also in the corporate world and then I was ultimately landed in upper level management in the corporate world. So two very different things Mm -hmm. in and of itself, you know, going from being a professional baker to being in the corporate world, but a lot of it kind of overlaps and I, I get to bring it into the home and that's anything from organization, time management, you know, essentially identifying a task list and figuring out a workflow in order to implement things that will help me, you know, techniques and strategies that'll help my day be efficient. Mm -hmm. So I don't wear myself out and that so that I can be in the best position that I can be in for my family at this point, but still have a, a smooth running home. And of course, by no means am I perfect. And again, it's still very different than being in an office or running a kitchen, mm-hmm. um, like a professional kitchen. But at the same time, it, you know, is so applicable. It blows my mind still being home full time and seeing how much of that I can bring over. So, you know, really identifying priorities is the number is like the, the top thing, because it's so funny to me having been in the office and being like, everything's a priority. (laughs) This is a priority. This is a priority. This is a priority where everything's a priority. But at the same time, it's like not everything can be a priority. And you got to prioritize your priorities and then realizing how that translates into the home as well. You know, there are some things that you just got to look at and be like, but is it really a priority or is it really a priority in comparison to this other priority? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figuring out what you can put on the back burner and just take a deep breath and accept that it's going to be there a little bit on the back burner. So really identifying priorities, figuring out how to, you know, techniques for myself that help me maintain efficiency throughout the day. And this may not make sense, but another thing is that I I brought one of the skills that I learned and brought over from being in the workforce for uh, so long was really identifying when I needed rest. Mm. You know, even when I was salary, I made it very clear that I was going to draw the line in places and either work in a way that allowed me to comfortably take a break or cut it off and just take a break. And I still have to do that being home full time. Yeah, because it is very easy to make a to-do list of like all the chores that we need to get done. Like, oh my gosh, laundry. Like I have... I, I'm always like, I do one load of laundry every single day, but uh, this week I have done the laundry, but I have like five loads sitting in baskets in my living room that mm-hmm. I need to fold. But like the, the efficiency and time, it's sometimes we think being productive in home means getting to-do lists and checking those things off in, in the physical tasks of keeping a house, like mm-hmm. laundry, cleaning the floors, dishes, cooking, like all the things we see it as like a work list. But 
I'm glad you mentioned rest being a priority because one, we can't fill it other people's cups if ours are empty mm-hmm. and secondly we need opportunity to be refilled and refueled and revived as well in our hearts like we can't keep beating this love and intention into our homes if we have no heartbeat because we don't have rest and we don't have opportunity to find joy so when you're doing your priority list you have the cutest thing your homemaking journal which I just love that you keep track of your day's work. So not only do you say you you prioritize, like I make lists, but they're always in my head. And mm. if I write a to-do list, I leave it upstairs on accident, forget to even carry <laughs> it downstairs. So my productivity, uh, I could learn a thing or two from you as far as that. But for joy, one thing that I've been really focusing on in the last couple of weeks especially is I only pick three things that I have to do that day that are going to make me feel like I got it together, whether it's vacuuming and having my kids empty the dishwasher for me, like just every morning I'm after I read in the Bible, I think, okay, what are the three things that have to get done today as far as housekeeping goes? And then what are the three things for tending to the home and homemaking that will bring joy to my heart? And so some days it's like, go for a walk outside Mm -hmm. and get fresh air and another day it might be like uh have tea after dinner with my children before bed instead of letting them watch a movie or I mean it varies day to day what what's going to make me feel good but every day I always write uh meals at the table because I think that that's just super powerful and beautiful and is in itself and it's a moment of rest um when you're prioritizing your day is it solely based on the daily tasks or do you include like the housekeeping tasks or do you include moments where you can create joy and peace within your home on that and did those hold priority over all the other priorities oh gosh so yes I do include those it was like five questions in one question sorry (laughs) that's okay I'm soaking this Uh... up I do. I do definitely include those. I growing up, my mom's mantra was breathe, drink water and pray. And I've continued that on because those are the simplest ways to just gain a little rest in the moment to kind of recalibrate very quickly. But sometimes you need something a little more potent. So Mm -hmm. I do very much like even some of my to do lists will have, I will write sit down and breathe or eat your lunch. And in that time, <laughs> you know, it's like, hard to remember sometimes. I know I will, mm. I will use that opportunity to really refill myself and take a deep breath. It comes in the form of, you know, sitting down and reading, like sitting down and just actually focusing for a half an hour to an hour can really bring some homeostasis to my spirit. And so for me, I do have to kind of put those in. And if it's getting to like, you know, three quarters of the way of the day has already gone by and I haven't done something like that and I haven't put it on um, a to-do list for myself, then I, I, I'm like, no, 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 I got to stop what I'm doing. This is really important. Sometimes it's even just sitting in the rocking chair on my front porch and just staring Mm. at 
you know, my cottage garden. And like, I just, I have to, I have to bring that in. So I don't remember what your second question I don't was. either. I <laughs> just, you prioritize your, your joy and peace oh, within your list, yes. which I think is, it's so funny that I can't even, I'm, I just am so okay. excited about learning about this because this is where I struggle in like the craziest way. And then I get cranky, like I buy all the planners I'm like, I'm going to be really organized, but I have this creative spirit where it's just like, I'm just constantly seeking opportunity to make something or read something. Like I just, it's hard to do lists are really hard and productivity is very hard for me. And now I'm in a season of busy. And so now I'm like really trying to learn this new skill that I've really, I had my rhythm when I was just in charge of my home life. And now it's a little different. And so this is very exciting. Um, what do you think those moments do for your home? Like you said, sitting on the rockers on the front porch and just like staring off like that is my love language. Like I just want to sit on my rocking chair and now I'm watching construction workers on my road. I don't have a road right now. Um, but I will still sit there and just enjoy the fresh air and watch uh the scenery go around and it's not even peaceful scenery, but it's just that moment of rest. I feel so fulfilled in that. And, and so I've been scheduling, like you said, scheduling the, as a priority through the day. What do you think the magnitude is for a homemaker who prioritizes self, whether it's rest or creating beauty within her home or baking bread or what do you think that does to her heart and what do you think the outcome or the outpour into the home like what do you think that means to the life and heartbeat of the home well I think kind of bringing it back to the joy aspect of things you know one of my favorite verses is Philippians 4 4 so like my mom actually has a kayak that is named Phil for because the kayaking brings her joy in her life and Philippians four, four being uh, rejoice in the Lord. Always again, I say rejoice. It's so important to focus on that because the bottom line is so in what we're discussing right now, you taking those moments to recalibrate and refill yourself let go of things in your day that may not be actively filling you with joy. Just taking that time. You know, I, I always kind of bring it back to when you're on a plane and they say, as an adult, put your mask on before you put your child's on. You need to put your mask on. You need to fill yourself with rest and, and ultimately joy. Because it says in scripture, rejoice in the Lord always, Mm -hmm. always. And that is not an easy task. No, it's not. By any means. It is not an easy task, but it's an important task. That task should be on your to-do list. I love that. Bring joy, you know, focus on joy. Where is the joy in my day? Where can I intentionally seek joy? That's on my my to-do list. Because in order for me to do the work that God is calling me to do in my home, joy really reigns for me, at least. That's what combats any negativity in my spirit. It's one of my 
biggest weapons against the enemy. It allows me to find a peace and serenity in the work that I'm doing in my home. It, it allows me to be driven in things that maybe I might not normally be drawn to for you example like doing the the organization the task list and stuff if you try to find or try to you know create joy in those moments it's going to drive you in a completely different way so but all of that stems from that recalibration that rest period that the moments where you can sit there and take a deep breath and really realize nope I'm here this is this is where I am because then you can go forward and really and really seek that joy what brings you joy throughout the day? So many things. <laughs> Too many things. <laughs> really, honestly. I think, of course, obviously my relationship with Christ and my relationship with my husband. I don't know if you know this, but my husband is literally the funniest man on the entire planet. I mean, He's I've seen ev- some funny things. Yeah. He's, he is hilarious. I laugh hysterically every single day. So he, he definitely brings me joy. And my son, of course, the fact that I get to sit here and even say that I have a a kid now, I'm just like, he is going through that phase. He'll be six months in a few days. And he's going through that phase where he just discovered he's laughed for a long time now, but this laugh, he discovered that he has a different kind of laugh and it, and it, gets different reactions from people (laughs) so he's doing it all the time and it is so (laughs) stinking cute so he 100% watching him develop and grow and explore and learn because that's another thing that brings me joy to be honest with you I would say like two of the kind of all-encompassing things that bring me joy creativity Mm -hmm. is my lifeblood like creativity is just constantly what I am running off of. And that can be in the form of something artistic. It can be in the form of cooking. It can be in the form of gardening and stewarding my land and and my family. But the other thing is the acquisition of knowledge is a big thing for me. I love learning. I love learning with people so that we can develop confidence in, in what we're what we're learning. And I get to see that on a daily basis with my baby. And I've always loved acquiring knowledge and seeing others acquire knowledge, but I didn't know it could, it could get this amazing, you know, so spectacular to watch our children learn new skills or just even just what brings them joy. It's just so special mm-hmm. okay Taylor I do have a question when we were talking in the very beginning of this conversation a little bit about um waiting on the appropriate time or when God's timing is for different things in our lives whether it's like a transition like an in-between I know that Brian and I were in a pretty heavy in-between four years ago living on another family's farm in a one-bedroom shop apartment with none of our belongings It was the hardest season ever. Beautiful, 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 but also incredibly trying on our marriage. And it was just so hard. And it's so hard to find joy and peace during those transitions when you want something now. And we were looking for a house or where to buy or build. We had no idea 
what God had in store for us. And so that transition was very difficult as far as contentment goes. We were living in another person's house with all of their belongings. So I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't even make it feel like a home. And so that, that is a hard thing to navigate that wanting of something that isn't currently given or provided for you. How do you maintain a healthy heart during that season? So the easiest answer that I can give you regarding my life is that I have seen God work in such intense ways so many times over and over again that at this point in my life, if I don't just give it to him and trust him, it would be ridiculous of me because I have seen him do insane things in my life. And it gets really hard because I, um, so right. Like I thought I was going to be married, settled down, you know, having kids staying home full time in my early twenties. And I met my husband. Oh gosh three years before we even started dating and didn't even know if we'd get married. That's a whole story, but didn't even get married until I was, you know, a month before my 30th birthday. Didn't, you know, we bought our house when I was almost 31 and had my first kid right before I turned 32. So I was about 10 years off in my timeline of things. <laughs> and, but to be honest with you, I, there are so many little moments in my life where, you know, working full time, there would be times where I would just be in such emotional despair, to be honest with you, really just all the emotional gut-wrenching words you can possibly think of uh, sitting at my desk being like, I am not supposed to be here. But I was Mm -hmm. at that moment in time, God was using me in a completely different way. And so in those moments where things, you know, here's another thing, this is pretty dark, but I rented a room when I was in my early 20s and single. And I rented a room, we're in the house, there, the the husband of the owner of the house was a a heroin addict. Mm. And it was terrifying and I was safe. You know, I don't think I was emotionally healthy at that time. And I was constantly working through the space that I was in, in my life. You know, the, just the fact that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I was in a position that was really scary, you know, but so there were even moments like that, but God was able to use me in ways in that, in those moments that I didn't even see at the time. And you, you leave those moments and you go, wow, that was a wild ride, but gosh, God really knew what he was doing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like in those moments, in those times throughout your life where you have a situation that is less than ideal, really for me, and that's, I'm on Instagram. My, you know, my handle is joy in the wilderness and it's because life is a wilderness, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is constantly full of wild rides and wild times, but it's about 
actively seeking out those moments of joy and those can tide you over and bring you closer to Christ in those moments, but they can tide you over until you are in a season of life that is more fulfilling and more heartwarming and kind of like where people go, Oh, wow, you're living the dream. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what it took to get here? (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know if that made sense. No, it did. I think that's definitely a tangible thing that people can do for the heart part of it, for sure. As far as finding, um, just peace in the moment and understanding that where we're currently at, whether it's, I mean, we have a lot of times it's easy to say, well, I have all these blessings, but here are where I'm struggling or here's a trial that we're facing or here's what I don't like about my current life. Um, and so having the emotional and the mental and spiritual skills to understand or the tools to get out of that current discontentment is really powerful. I know one thing as you were talking, I thought, oh, you know what? One thing that I was doing when we were in the in-between and even before that we were in a duplex, which Jaden and I spoke about on the very mm-hmm. first podcast, we lived in a duplex that had office carpet. I mean, it was <laughs> disgusting, like so gross and hand me down everything. And I had read the quote that said, and I think it's William Morris, his wallpaper is popping up everywhere now, but, and it's so beautiful, but he had said along the lines, I'm going to butcher it, where it says, have nothing in your house that you don't find to be useful and beautiful. That's the overall idea of what he's his quote said when I read that I remember sitting on the couch and I looking I'm looking around and I'm like there is literally nothing in this house I love like Mm -hmm. of physical items but I'd really love to live on a farm with a garden and a farmhouse and like I had this idea of where I wanted to be and we definitely were not in that at all and then all the things around me didn't even come close to fitting that so I went through this wild ride of like, I'm just going to get rid of everything is when all the like marketplace wasn't even a thing on Facebook yet. It was just like all the little private shop and swap groups. And I decided I was going to go through and eliminate absolutely everything that I didn't find to be useful or beautiful. And my husband came home that day. <laughs> And he, they, our house was barren. It was all in the basement and organized in piles. And I decided, you know, I'm going to sell absolutely everything that does not fit that need in the goal and vision of what I have for our family. And if it's going to make more than 20 bucks, it's worth my time. Otherwise, I'm going to donate it. And all the money I'm going to use, I'm going to buy the things on on Shop and Swap or Goodwill or wherever else that we could afford. I'm going to start filling my home with the useful and beautiful things that are focused on where we want to be, like the idea of property or farmhouse and the life that goes with that. And then I also started filling my time with doing the things that I thought we would do if we had that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So like visiting local farms, Mm -hmm. making homemade bread with my kids, baking more, learning to cook more, all the things that I envisioned we would be doing as a family in this dream life. Yeah. I started honing those skills and obsessively doing that, taking the kids to the pit, like the you pick farms, 
Uh-huh. And so we, I laughed. Like I started, you could see it on my personal Instagram. Like all of a sudden, like barns started popping up. Like I'm like taking pictures of like country roads. I'd start driving the back roads home instead of just the quick city roads home. Like I just started tangibly filling our time and our home with the things that were hopefully going to be what and we still don't live in a farm on a farm or in a farmhouse or anything like that but like sitting on the rocking chairs and just filling our home and time with the things that I long for still in the culture that I believe in so greatly but really I don't need the farmhouse and I don't need the property and all that when my daughter and I can garden in the backyard in our four little garden beds that are itty bitty or bake a pie with her or take my son out to the hills. Like it's so we can, we can focus our time and intention on finding peace and joy in the life that we're longing for. If we're in a moment of discontent, we could create that. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's so funny because Right now, you know, we're on 11 and a half acres. It has not always been that way. And there's a lot of people that look at my life right now and go, oh, well, what does it, you know, feel like to be homesteading finally? And I think Holly actually kind of has a bit of a, you know, connection with this as well. Gosh, I've been homesteading for a long time, (laughs) like in the sense that I may have lived in an apartment, but my my patio, my balcony was covered. Mm-hmm. I've been baking bread for years and years and years. I've done as much stuff as I possibly can from scratch, spinning fibers, you know, making foods from scratch. Like I've been making my own mayonnaise for seven, going on eight years, I think. Just kind of taking the, you know, my, we've had chickens before. My dad's had a number of chickens, some some legal and some secret chickens, not mm-hmm. condoning this, but you know, <laughs> some secret. taking courses on butchering chickens and just, there's so many different things that pertain, especially to homesteading. And there are so many other things, you know, other people have other dreams and everything, but using the time that you are not actively, like you may have an ultimate end goal sort of dream thing, Mm -hmm. but actively honing those skills and taking part in the things that are a part of that, like baking a pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do that in a farmhouse on land, but you also can do it in your house in the suburb and have the same heart and intention and Uh, love and care in it, you know? Absolutely. And Um, filling our time with creating the moments of joy Whether Mm -hmm. it's like you said, like the future dream of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't be a homemaker. I get messages like this often. Can I be a homemaker if I work full time? Can I be a homemaker if I don't have chickens? One girl was hilarious. She's like, I want to be a homemaker, but I'm like deathly afraid of chickens. (laughs) I still, I've had chickens for a long time. I've been around them for 10 years and I still have not picked up a chicken. Right. It's just so (laughs) funny because yes, you can be a homemaker in an ugly duplex with office carpet in an apartment. You could be a homemaker anywhere. And I think creating the life you want to live 
and the intention by doing the things that you find and you see other women doing, you're like, oh, that's so beautiful. Well, do them. Just yeah, start, exactly. Just do them. Like, just start now. Yeah. Whether take a workshop or just get in the kitchen and get your hands dirty or yeah. if you don't have any space for our garden beds are built into a hill because we have no yard and but we have a hill like a 90 degree hill and so my husband built garden beds there for me and that's our garden and sure I'd love to have like a half acre giant garden like Joanna Gaines style so beautifully but I don't I have four teeny tiny one foot by three foot garden beds and it brings me so much joy yeah it does yeah it's it's so I think that that is such an important thing to remember that it's it's not about yeah you want to you want to dream and you want to look forward for sure Mm -hmm. you know but don't hang by its every thread you know, because there is so much that you can do in the moment that will fill your heart with joy and it has so much connection to what, you know, maybe where your heart ultimately is. You can bring your heart ultimately to that space that you're in at that moment. And uh, by doing by doing all those things that bring you joy. And I think having that awareness of the life that we want to live and then figuring out exactly what we can do to put that into action is mm-hmm. incredibly important. And then like what you were saying, as far as prioritizing that, I think a lot of women find value or the idea of like, I'm, a, I'm not a productive homemaker because my house is a wreck or I have women and you're, you're soon to be in this season, Taylor, where you have toddler who <laughs> your baby is still immo- immobile, but once baby starts crawling and getting into cabinets and pulling things out, and a lot of women feel like they're not doing their job within their homes because it's met it's a mess. It's hard to manage when you have little ones running around helping to create even a bigger mess, and they find their value in that. They're a lot of times it's easy to place value in the lack of efficiency and productivity in the home as far as tasks go. And so I try to encourage them, like, just make a list of three things that you think are important uh-huh. to get done that day as far as tasks go. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it, fill your time with creating beauty and moments and uh-huh. building those foundational roots that you believe so deeply. And that's why you're being called to be a homemaker these are the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to be at peace with your day Mm -hmm. too. just the identifying of three things is a great, is a great way um, to go about it. And I think oftentimes too, we get so caught up in, and that's the thing is like, I, I make so many to do lists. And it's so easy to get caught up in what do I have to do? What's the next thing that I have to do? And part of the problem with that is the the origination of all of those to do's. Mm -hmm. What are you like on a daily basis? What are you creating in your life that is putting more on your to do list? You know, there's a way to kind of relieve that and to allow yourself the opportunity to 
locate more joy in your day and be more at peace and stuff. And that's by kind of bringing it right back to the start. Are you putting more on your plate than you need to? You know, what, what priorities are there that need to happen? And then what are things that you're doing that maybe you don't need to have on your to-do list, you know, making plans that no, don't, you know, saying no is okay. Mm-hmm. Saying no to things is, is okay. It's really hard, but saying no to plans with people sometimes saying no to things you may want to do kind of, you know, I really feel like I want to go take this pottery class. Okay. Is now a good time? Can I hold off six months, you know, and then go take it. And it's, it can be really hard. You know, it can be really easy. I mean, to be overwhelmed with the to-do. So I think picking three things is a really good way to go about it. And then you're not as, as I, I think it, it brings a little relief to the pressure of feeling the value in simply what you are doing tangibly in the home and not doing, you know, and kind of moving the spotlight away from what's not getting done, Mm -hmm. you know, and shining appreciation on the things that you have done, which is inclusive of creating special moments with your littles and just filling the house with love. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day and at the end of life, really evaluating now what you want to be known for as far as Mm -hmm. within your role, within your home, especially like, do I want my husband to look back and feel disconnected and uncared for, but he had a clean and tidy house or my children to live in a home where they're not actually living because mom is like frantically sweeping up the little messes uh, behind them and getting angry because, well, I just cleaned this and I just turned around and here's the mess again. Do I want to be known as that homemaker who also didn't ever invite anyone from outside in? Or do I want to be the homemaker that people look back and have these beautiful, fruitful memories? It was like, wow, I when I came into Ashley's home, I could rest, I could breathe, I was well-nourished emotionally and spiritually and physically, like creating that idea of what we want to look back on today really should actually kind of set the tone for what our priority is each day and how we prioritize tasks over the heart-shaping side of homemaking. Yeah, it comes in so many different forms and it depends on each individual person and their home and their life Mm -hmm. for sure. But the whole thing I think about creating home, making home, being a homemaker is really about creating a space where those that you love and care about and oftentimes even those that you don't mm-hmm. you know not because you have anything against them but maybe use that connection just hasn't been made yet but leaving that door open creating a space where they can seek solace mm-hmm. and experience a rejuvenation you know and so sometimes that means you could have a really messy untidy house but the spirit is alive and well and jovial and bubbly in the home. And that just brings warmth to your soul. Mm -hmm. It could be that you have 
nailed down how to efficiently keep your house impeccable so much so to the point where it doesn't you know it's clean but it's not impacting your time with your family or anything like that and and it's just this beautiful thing it could be a little bit of both it's going to show up in so many different ways in so many different lives and homes and each individual woman but it it really is about having the ability to make your home that restful refilling rejuvenating haven mm-hmm. you know and really and and i heard two words loud and clear when you said that make and then the two words your home mm-hmm. like everyone's home is different mm-hmm. everyone has opportunity to and every season is different as well and you have the opportunity to make your house a home where it's going to be impactful for those who gather within and where they can thrive and that I think really encompasses what homemaking is is you evaluate the foundation in which you believe is powerful for the legacy you want to leave and then you build that home the way that you believe in your husband or if you're not in the season yet of marriage or motherhood you can start building that legacy and that home right now wherever you are that's pretty powerful oh a hundred percent absolutely well miss taylor i'm so grateful that you joined me today in this conversation i am so honored and blessed that i got to be a part of what you're doing thank you i think this conversation is going to be really encouraging to a lot of women and i really encourage the women who are listening to maybe take a moment and sit down and really reflect on the season that they're in and if there are things that they can prioritize through the day, whether it's the full list of everything they need to get done as well as prior- prioritizing rest and creating and seeking joy. Or if it's just simply a season where they just, you need to write down three things to do that Mm -hmm. are going to make you feel fulfilled and then spend the rest of the time with your children or your husband. So thank you for sitting with me and talking about productivity and joy and peace and the magnificence it brings into the home. My pleasure. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week. Bye.